the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Good evening. No, this is not Arthur Idala. This is Joe Sibilia, who you may have heard this morning uh, filling in for Joe Piscopo alongside Al Gatulo. I am the executive producer of that program and uh, sort of uh, the uh, adopted son of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. I'm always uh, welcomed with such open arms by Arthur and Joni and uh, Sam Bellino when he's not uh, in a curmudgeonly mood on that particular day. And uh, the gentleman sitting across from me, Mr. Alex Garrett, who is here uh, regularly on the show. Alex, how are you today? Great to have I'm, you with I'm me. I'm fired up tonight. I, I, you know, I'm amazed that you can do this in the morning and at night. That's a lot of energy you got, isn't it? I, I tell you, Alex, I don't know how I function because yesterday I got a call from Joan at about, I'd say, 4.30 in the afternoon and she said, I may need you to fill in. And so devoted am I to Arthur Idala and the Power Hour family that I moved my orthopedic appointment for my uh, broken finger to tomorrow at noon. Now, keep in mind, I broke this finger about a week and a half ago, and I desperately need to go and see this orthopedic. But for Arthur Idala and for the radio station, more than happy uh, to uh, contribute in any way I can, and more than happy to uh, live another day uh, with the unknown of the broken finger. So it'll be interesting to see what the doctor says tomorrow. Uh, needless to say, this is a minor problem compared to the problems that uh, we've been seeing on the news down in Florida. Uh, Hurricane Idalia is the story that has gripped the nation. If Arthur were here, you could almost say it would be Idala on Idalia because uh, truly we're going to devote quite a bit of the program to this topic. Uh, Joe Bistardi, who is the co-chief meteorologist at Weatherbell, a frequent Fox News weather contributor, host and author, uh, host of a, uh, he has a podcast that he's going to tell us about that he started hosting. And he's also the author of a book called The Weaponization of Weather and the Phony Climate War and the also author of the Climate Chronicles, Inconvenient Revelations You Won't Hear from Al Gore and Others. And he's going to tell us uh, about the storm from his expert position. But let me just lay out a few of the facts for you about the storm before we get into that later in the program. Uh, Hurricane Idalia made landfall uh, this morning about uh, 745 over uh, Florida's Big Bend as a Category 3 storm. By 11 o'clock, they had downgraded it to a Category 1 storm. Now, at one point, the winds of Hurricane Idalia reached 130 miles per hour. Now, when you watch it on television, it looks terrible on TV. I saw a stop sign fluttering in the breeze, practically like one of those plastic shopping bags that have now become blasphemy in New York City that you're not allowed to get at the grocery 
at the grocery store, and it, it was just astounding to see how people could barely stand up in this wind. I don't even know how people were outside in the storm. Uh, the They had the requisite shots of the meteorologists out in the field standing knee-deep in the water, and that wasn't even the worst of it because there were bridges on the highways that were just completely submerged uh, in the waters of this storm. The, the golden arches of McDonald's were bowing in the wind uh, to the uh, severity of this storm. Uh, but needless to say, DeSantis is already a warning against uh, potential looters I believe he used the phrase, and I might be paraphrasing, but uh, he said, as I think a sign said on somebody's lawn, you loot, we shoot. So clearly they're sending a message uh, not to even go there. Uh, We've seen looting become such an issue uh, in many of the major cities in this country, and I hate to see it become an issue as uh, Florida has to go through the severity of this storm. And apparently there was a massive 100-year-old oak tree that fell on Governor DeSantis's mansion in the midst of the storm. So not even Ron DeSantis is uh, immune to the uh, struggles of uh, Hurricane Idalia. But we're going to talk with Joe Bastardi more in depth about that. I have to say, the people who have migrated from New York to Florida must really be frustrated at this moment because you could not have asked for a more beautiful day here in New York City. It rained a little bit this morning. But other than that, a sunny, warm, balmy summer day. Uh, I went out for a walk today before the show started. I wanted to clear my head a little bit. You know, I always get nerves sitting in for the legendary Arthur Idala. There's a real, I mean, Joe Piscopo, obviously, and Arthur Idala, those two hosts, uh, uh, you know, w- with all due respect to the many talents on this station, nobody uh, can quite compare uh, to their own unique talents that both of them possess in their own way. But I always get a little nervous. So I said, I'll go for a walk, clear my head and get a little exercise and you know, get my blood pumped up before the show. So I went for a walk from lower Manhattan across the Brooklyn Bridge and back again. And whereas three years ago in the midst of the pandemic, when I started uh, or should I say returned to the AM 970 family, that bridge would have been a total ghost town. Now, I almost didn't want to go on the bridge just because it was so packed, but it was so refreshing to see that New York is really coming back in a big way. There were all different types of merchants along the bridge, tourists, people taking pictures, and you hear a lot of whispers at this point about COVID might be coming back and uh, that there was uh, COVID, the new variant was detected in New York City wastewater and will the lockdowns return? Will the mask mandates return? I can only hope not because it's uh, nice to be back in the New York that I knew when I was interning here where everybody went out and they socialized and that's been one of the joys of uh, coming back to New York is uh, being able to enjoy All the city has to offer. If you love to live life, New York is the place to live. And two people I know love to live life more than anybody. And one of the joys of uh, being the adopted uh, redheaded stepson, uh, literally and figuratively, of Arthur's show is some of the friends I've made through his show. And two of those people are his parents, uh, Marianne and Lou. And today, before... The show started. I got a call from Arthur, and he said, uh, "Give my mom a call. She wants to talk to you. She wants to hear your voice." And I'm, I'm flattered to hear that. So I was only more than happy to give Marianne, or uh, as they call her, Chick or Chicky, a phone call. Now, no other radio show would the parents of the host of the show 
invite you to go out to dinner with them. Now, I am lucky enough to be a neighbor of sorts of the Idalas living in Bay Ridge, not directly next door, but close enough. So Arthur's parents want to take me out for dinner next week, and I could not be more excited for this opportunity uh, to get together with them. And these are the types of things that I'm so grateful that uh, – the pandemic seems to be over because if we were still in the midst of COVID and we were still in the midst of all these lockdowns, uh, I would not have that opportunity. But it is nice to uh, go out and uh, socialize uh, a little bit. And I'm really looking forward to spending time with them and a great phone call with Arthur's parents. Also joining us on the show, I should mention, is Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis, and she is going to talk to us about the uh, migrant crisis that has been uh, in the top of the headlines locally. Uh, Now they are housing migrants at uh, St. John Villa uh, Academy, which was a school that uh, closed. And she is going to give us the inside sneak peek into uh, the issues that that presents. Uh, But also, I want to ask her about how exactly uh, the migrant crisis has hurt Staten Island the most and why that presents an issue when the school is closed. And uh, also, Nicole Maitakis like Joe Borelli has in the past, is proposing the secession of Staten Island. Will Staten Island secede? I hope not, because of all the boroughs, Staten Island could be the most beautiful. I live right across the Verrazano Bridge, so I have recently been spending more time in Staten Island, and it's just such a beautiful place to go. And the idea of that not being part of the city would really break my heart. So let's hope that that does not happen, but uh, we'll see uh, what takes place over on Staten Island. Now, a big news story that occurred over the weekend that I'm going to get into a little bit later uh, was the passing of Bob Barker, who was uh, a hero of mine, the host of The Price is Right for many years, passed away at the age of 99. So later on in the show, I'm going to pay a little tribute to him, but uh, he's got a... A tribute special coming up on CBS tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. I'm looking forward to seeing. So a little later we'll uh, pay tribute to Bob Barker. But I'm curious to know, uh, feel free to call in, 877-970-2999. Uh, who was your favorite game show host? I'd love to hear who you thought was the gold standard in terms of game shows. 877-970-2999. Feel free to call in and weigh in on that. Also in the news, uh, on the lighter side of the news, if you'd like to call it that, Uh, The late-night talk show hosts who have uh, not really been able to uh, work because of the writer's strike have joined forces. This is sort of the Avengers endgame of talk shows. They're doing a podcast together. Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, Seth Meyers all joining forces to do a podcast where basically they talk about the woes of the writer's strike. And it's an interesting side of the times in media because back in the days of uh, Johnny Carson's supremacy, you never would have seen uh, these competitors joining forces in that way. Uh, The competition was brutal back then and probably even more brutal when you had David Letterman and Jay Leno on opposite each other, that that was really a, a war for blood. They were really out to uh, defeat one another. And uh, it makes perfect sense because I, I guess Letterman in some ways felt wronged that he didn't get the Tonight Show over Jay Leno. Letterman had been Carson's protege. And that's a piece of history today, by the way. 
On this date in 1993, The Late Show with David Letterman debuted on CBS. So a little bit of a New York history right there. Uh, but I think it's great to see that all these guys get along now. And uh, I uh, hope uh, for their sake that the writer's strike ends soon because it'll be nice to see a return to late night television. All right. Uh, we are uh, going to take a break momentarily. And coming up next, uh, Nicole Maitakis is going to uh, discuss the border crisis with us. And later, Joe Bastardi to tell us about Hurricane Idalia, what's going on, how much longer is the storm uh, going to uh, ravish Florida, and where is it headed next? Is it going to go up through Georgia into the Carolinas? Uh, we'll find out shortly on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. This is your guest host, Joe Sibilia, sitting in for Arthur on this Wednesday night, August the 30th, 2023. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this commercial message with Nicole Maliotakis. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. I want to introduce you to a unique health care provider that may make your life easier called InfuCare Rx. Under the watchful eye of my good friend Devin Patel, founder and CEO, InfuCare Rx is a leading nationwide specialty infusion pharmacy provider for patients with complex conditions. If you're currently in need of infusion services, whether IV or sub-Q infusions, InfuCare Rx can offer a positive lifestyle change by providing these services in the comfort of your home rather than from a clinic or hospital. Patients of InfuCare Rx have access to their full clinical team via phone and digital access 24-7-365. Speak with your doctor and see if you're a candidate for the safe and convenient at-home infusion services of InfuCare Rx. To review the services, please go to InfuCareRx.com. That's I-N-F-U-C-A-R-E-R-X.com. InfuCare Rx, improving quality of life one patient at a time. I had a real-life health dilemma that Balance of Nature helped solve. I like most fruits because they're sweet. I hate most vegetables because, well, I think they taste nasty. So when I began my journey to lose weight to get healthier, guess what? I was told less fruit because of the sugar and more veggies. It's the exact opposite of what my taste buds were screaming for. Thank goodness I had Balance of Nature on hand. All the wonderful nutrients found in 31 whole fruits and veggies in an easy capsule. My problem was immediately solved just by 
ordering Balance of Nature. I don't think I would have ever successfully lost the weight and stayed healthy if I hadn't been taking Balance of Nature, too. That's why I'm such a huge fan. You will be, too. Get 35% off your first order as a preferred customer when you use the discount code MikeG when you go to balanceofnature.com. You can order by phone. Just pick up the phone and call 800-246-8751, 800-246-8751, or go to balanceofnature.com. Shipping is always free. Use the discount code MikeG for Balance of Nature. Is your husband or wife in a hospital or rehab center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day, $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay the medical and facility bills? Don't panic. Just call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. These attorneys have been doing this for 40 years. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing that you could be going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news as bankruptcy. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. That's 718 718- 238-6500 with offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. The time to act is now, so don't wait and call Connors and Sullivan today, 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. And trust me, folks, after you speak with them, you'll be glad that you did. Listen to AM970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. There must be 50 ways to leave your lover. 50 ways to leave your lover You just slip out the back jet Make a new plan stand You don't need to be coy, Roy Just beat yourself free Hello and welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. This is your guest host, Joe Sibilia. And joining me is somebody who I am always delighted to see and uh, to think of as a friend at this point, uh, being that I've seen her at New Year's Eve Eve with Frank from Staten Island, among many other events. And her name is Nicole Maliotakis, Congresswoman. How are you? It's a pleasure to talk to you today. It's great to be with you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Congresswoman... Uh, You are calling for Staten Island to secede from New York City because of Mayor Adams' handling of the migrant crisis. How would Staten Island even go about making that happen? There's already legislation in both the city council and the state legislature. Uh, Joe Borelli, our council minority leader, has the bill in the council, and also has Senator Andrew Lanza, who has it in the state senate. Uh, The city council and the state legislature would have to pass that legislation for us to move forward. Uh, As you recall, back in the 90s, it did happen where there was a referendum, people voted to secede, a state legislature passed it, uh, but it was held up by um, Shelley Silver at the time. He basically squashed it over a a home rule message. And so we are uh, back at it, and obviously what's happening right now is highlighting why Staten Island needs to be not part of New York. The reality is we did not vote for Bill de Blasio. We did not vote for Eric Adams. And yet we're being subjected to their policies. And we feel that their policies are deteriorating our community, making it less safe. Crime is skyrocketing as a result. And also uh, this new crisis uh, with illegal immigrants that are coming through our southern border that are coming to Staten Island. We don't we don't agree with this policy. I mean, we, we do not support this notion that every single person from around the world can receive free housing if they come to New York City. Mayor is misinterpreting the right to shelter law 
And we're being subjected uh, by seeing uh, our public spaces being taken away from the community, from the taxpayers, and being handed over to individuals who just entered our country last week. So I know there's a lot of outrage across the city of New York, but here in Staten Island, we didn't vote for the person implementing policies, Mayor Adams, and so we feel the best thing might be for us to split ways. Now, a Congresswoman, there has been a much debate between uh, Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul over just how exactly to handle this migrant crisis. Who do you think is more so to blame in this situation? Would it be the mayor or the governor? Well, I think they're both to blame uh, for different reasons. First and foremost, let's get it right, that, that is Joe Biden's uh, responsibility here to secure the, the border. Uh, we have a border bill that we passed to implement security measures, to reinstate policies of the previous administration, to undo Joe Biden's executive orders. That Those executive orders is what created this crisis. But our mayor have, has only exacerbated it here for New York City by saying that everyone was welcome to have free housing if they came to New York City. And, you know, we can't, we have right now more people who are citizens of other countries in our shelter system than we actually have homeless New Yorkers. Homeless New Yorkers on the sidelines, on the sidewalks, and to think that uh, our mayor and governor are bending over backwards to try to get Section 8 vouchers for these individuals when there is a, a, a long waiting line for American citizens, whether it be um, you know, veterans, whether it be domestic violence victims, they're waiting years to get Section 8. And here's the governor asking the president to give them a shortcut to let them cut the line. That's wrong. The other thing is uh, they straight out tolls and fares, and the governor is asking for free metro cards for uh, the migrants. Uh, again, they haven't paid taxes, they haven't worked here, contributed, but yet they're entitled to free metro cards according to our governor. So we are just getting the bill more higher tolls, higher fares, trying to jam through a twenty-three dollar congestion tax. It's wrong. Um, and and the last thing is is the the governor uh, you know provides uh, illegal immigrants in the state with free college tuition, free health care. Uh, she continues to try to incentivize illegal immigration. And uh, that is why I say all three of them are responsible for this mess. I'm talking with Congresswoman Nicole Malliotakis. Uh, Congresswoman, uh, there was a big protest on Staten Island. At least 400 people were uh, fighting the decision to uh, basically turn uh, St. John Villa Academy, or what was formerly St. John Villa Academy, into a makeshift shelter for migrants. If the school is already closed, allow me to play devil's advocate here, why is it such a big deal that we're housing migrants there? If the school is basically sitting unused, uh, what what problem does housing migrants in the school present? Well, the city purchased that property to turn it into a public school. It's supposed to alleviate overcrowding in neighboring schools. It would be a thousand classroom uh, seat uh, institution, and it's desperately needed. They've been doing work to turn that into a school. Instead of to expedite that and make that happen for this upcoming season, they chose to do this instead. And so, what I what I would argue is that you know. There's this year or next year, the work needs to be completed, and it can't be completed as long as these individuals are living there. The second thing is, it's the absolute worst possible place to put a school. You have neighboring schools with small little children. People are concerned because there is a lack of vetting. Uh, we know that there's a lack of vetting um, because, quite frankly, at one of my press conferences last week, U.S. Park Police said that they're not being properly vetted. And so that, that becomes a concern. Look what happened in the news. The FBI is saying that 
uh, individuals who came over the border, applied asylum, were being smuggled here by ISIS, that they were being connected to ISIS. We know that there were uh, two rapes uh, outside a shelter in upstate New York. We know that there were overdoses outside a shelter either in Brooklyn or Manhattan recently as well. So I'm sure many of the people who are in the shelters are, are good people that just want to have a better life, but the reality is they still need to follow the law. They still need to follow the process of our country you know, to respect that immigration process. Now, a con- not exactly the way that they should. Now, Congresswoman, not only do you represent Staten Island, you also represent part of Brooklyn. How severe would you say the problem is uh, with the migrant crisis in Brooklyn when you compare it to that on Staten Island? Well, it's certainly, it, 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 Brooklyn is a much bigger borough, so it's scattered. It depends in what neighborhood. I know there's a shelter in Sunset Park that is not too far from my district that people are very much uh, upset about. Uh, that was also where the mayor tried to put uh, individuals in school cafeteria, taking away, again, more resources from our students. And this is the thing. Where does it end? Where, where does it end? The mayor wants to keep insisting that 8 billion people on the planet, if they come to New York City, they are entitled to free housing. Where, where does it end? Um, they're going to take away every public space, every every city, state, federal park, every school, every uh, available building. Uh, they've already taken up a large amount of hotels in our city, which is affecting tourism. Uh, so, look, there's th- this is just unsustainable. Uh, I know the mayor tried to come from a place originally um, from of compassion, but you know we are a generous nation. We are a welcoming nation, as we are a, a very diverse and generous uh, city. But now we're being taken advantage of. Our generosity is being taken advantage of to the tune of twelve billion dollars that the taxpayers just simply cannot afford. And to 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 add insult to injury, you have a governor who's saying that they should be receiving free services that U.S. citizens who have worked their whole lives don't receive. Uh, and, and it's just they're bending over backwards to cater for citizens of other countries that just entered America as opposed to the hardworking taxpayers that have, you know, worked hard, paid taxes their entire life and deserve to be treated better than this. Uh, so what I would say is we need a secure border. And that brings me to Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer will not allow our bill to come to the floor for a vote. Our border security bill would end this today. It would end it today. It would increase number of visas so people can come, you know, legally. Uh, but it would add border security. It would reinstate the policies of the previous administration. If Chuck Schumer doesn't want to pass out bill, then he should pass his own bill. But he should do something. You go to his Twitter page. He's at the New York County Fair. That's what he's doing while the people in New York City are protesting, saying they don't want to lose any more of their public spaces. So I urge everybody to get on the phone and call Chuck Schumer and call Kirsten Gillibrand while you're at it, because neither one of them has said anything about this crisis that's affecting New York City so greatly. Congresswoman, you raise a lot of good points, and uh, I, I'll say it seems now even Mayor Adams is realizing that maybe uh, this has gone a little bit too far and that enough is enough. So hopefully uh, the situation will be alleviated either via your bill or some other method or uh, uh, by some other means. Uh, Congresswoman, thank you so much for making time for us today on the Arthur Idala Power Hour, and I uh, hope to talk to you again soon, and I uh, hope you have a lovely Labor Day weekend. It's great to be with you, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Congresswoman Nicole Mayatakis. Coming up, we have Joe Bastardi on the Arthur Idala Power Hour to talk about uh, the uh, major hurricane that is hitting Florida. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back after this.
Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, vice chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best. Period. (laughs) So tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. Coming up tonight on the Wellness Wednesday edition of Radio Night Live, Dr. Francisco Contreras talks cancer and Dr. Douglas Howard talks nutrition as we tackle the new COVID threat. That's all tonight at 7. This is Mike Gallagher. Sign up today for an unforgettable experience in Israel this October. Dennis Prager and I are traveling to the Holy Land on the Stand with Israel tour with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. This is a trip of a lifetime. You don't want to miss it. Register today before it's too late. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519. And together, let's Stand with Israel. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. The tires screech, the impact is felt. Boom. You've just been in a car accident. It's a scary situation that none of us want to experience. But if you have been injured in a car accident, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. It's important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. So if you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala, Bertuna, and at 212-486-0011. That's 212-486-0011. Or visit us on the web at idalalaw.com. Idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Kamins. Fighting for justice. Fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students, and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. 
students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's an incredible experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, email info at plazacollege.edu. Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Riders on the storm. I don't know if I'm the quintessential New Yorker, but I am the quintessential redhead filling in for Arthur Idala tonight. Joe Sebelia here, your guest host, and joining me right now to discuss this big hurricane, Idalia, is a co-chief meteorologist at Weather Bell, frequent Fox News weather contributor, author of The Weaponization of Weather in the Phony Climate War and the Climate Chronicles, Inconvenient Revelations. You won't hear from Al Gore and others. And his name is Joe Bastardi. And Joe Bastardi is now also a podcaster. So, Joe, first of all, how are you? And uh, tell us a little bit about your new podcast and where people can hear it. Well, uh, you, it's on Spotify and all the places that you get a podcast on. It's called The American Storm. Our first episode is on there. And it's going to be dealing with uh, climate and weather and uh, branching out from that and showing the linkage to a common denominator uh, that is uh, actually, I think, uh, influencing society today where uh, the whole truth is not being revealed to people and so information is being hidden, and there's no better example of that in climate. I was just thinking, I sounded like Apollo Creed at the beginning of that one fight where they were introducing him, and he had about 14 different nicknames <laughs> over there. Well, you're certainly about as built as Apollo Creed. You're competing in a big bodybuilding competition, as I understand it. Yeah, I could get blown, you know, realistically, I could get blown off. It's the over 60 and over 50 uh, NPC uh, North American Bodybuilding Championships, and things could get pretty rough for me. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's n- not much I could do about it except sit in my hotel room and get ready to do it tomorrow morning. So we'll see what happens. Well, you're doing better than I because the most exercise I'm getting is walking to the pizza wagon for dinner when I don't feel like cooking. But uh, well, that's, before- a, that's a good that's a good carb that's a good carb loading. Uh, thing if you're really in shape, eat a pizza the night before, and you you know, you're, I'm not, I don't know if I could afford that though. But in any case, uh, of course, we had the hurricane hit down there in Florida, and it was uh, borderline category four. Now the fortunate thing is it hit in an area that uh, they're not a they you know they're not a whole heck of a lot of people living there relative to where Ian hit. Right. Uh, so and uh, those people in there they. Uh, you know, I'm a big Tom Petty fan, and he used to always, that's where he comes from. He comes from Gainesville. He used to talk about how much he loved the, the swamp people in Florida. Well, those, uh, the people that live in there, they're just good old-fashioned, uh, you know, down-to-earth people, and it's a real, real tough thing. They're not used to being hit by something like that. That's a rare occurrence in that area of Florida. They usually go west of uh, Apalachicola, or they go south of Tampa. So it is, a, it is going to be a big challenge. It looks like Governor DeSantis is ready again, and so uh, that's a that's a good thing. The one thing I heard the governor say today, you know, I'm always making snide comments that Weatherbell should be advising him because 
you know, with Michael, we had a four-day call on Michael being a major hurricane. We had a nine-day call. We had a call on Ian where I actually blogged it on CFAX and said, attention, Governor DeSantis, a week away. And we've been on top of this thing for quite some time. I'm not just bragging. It's what my company does. You know, right. with, my face, I'm, I'm, with my face, I'm not going to be uh, making any money being on TV. Put it that way. I better be good at what I do. And a lot of the politicos, I, mean, I don't care which side of the issue you're on, you know, your, your, your politics, you need weather information that may come from uh, sources that may give you something to think and give you that extra day advantage. See, if Weather Bell, if we give someone an extra day advantage, it means the world to them. And so uh, it looks to me like they were positioned well for this, relatively well. But these storms that you're, you're seeing – they're all predictable, and to prove it, we predict them. Well, we let me let me ask you, Joe. Let me ask you. As far as storms go, you know the the major storms of history. We'll look at something like uh, Hurricane Sandy here in the New York area, or uh, I mean, Katrina could be arguably one of the worst ones we've ever seen in yeah. uh, the United States. But where would you say uh, Hurricane Idalia ranks among uh, the oh, storms? It's probably. It's probably uh, maybe uh, between 75 and 100. See, the problem is they use a Saffir-Simpson scale, and you got to get rid of that. you got to use it. We have a, what we call a power and impact scale that takes into account the size of the storm. You see, folks, these storms that intensify very quickly coming to the coast, they're, they're very powerful at the center, but they're not big. And so and, and what's happened is uh, the, climate, the climate agenda is prostituting what a Category 4 actually means, because do you take a Category 4 like a Hurricane Carla in 1960 gave hurricane-force winds to the entire Texas Gulf Coast, or Betsy, which was a Category 4 in Louisiana, gave hurricane-force winds to all of Louisiana all the way over to Pensacola, and you compare it to an Ida or a Harvey, they're much smaller. This is a much smaller storm. And so we should, if you, if you really want to look, and, and judge this storm against the past, you have to use what we call kinetic energy scale to figure out the energy of the storm. And that involves co- uh, computing the amount of wind over a large area. How far did the 40-mile-an-hour winds stick out? How far are the 60? How far are the hurricane force winds? If you weren't within 20 miles of the center, you didn't get a hurricane with this. So, so uh, the, the, the hurricane, I, I should add, uh, I read, made a landfall over Florida's Big Ben as a Category 3 storm, 745 this morning, and was a Category 1 by 11 a.m. Is that why we saw the... Well, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, they... Well, you know, the stronger they are, the more... See, it's interesting. In a weaker storm, I've seen tropical storms make landfall, and they continue uh, quite strong if they got the right conditions. ECES made landfall down the Carolinas, and it was the third most costly storm to Con Ed on record when it got up here because it had the right conditions to maintain its intensity as a strong tropical storm. When you get a strong hurricane... It needs perfect conditions. So as soon as the uh, storm goes over land, the feet got cut out from underneath it. So it, it weakens very, very quickly. But it will only weaken to a point. And you'll see what happens. This thing will play possum later tonight and tomorrow morning. As soon as it gets off the coast tomorrow, it's kind of weird. We've been talking about this on Weatherbell on, uh, on Twitter 
and or see it show up at the Hurricane Center at 5 p.m. Their bulletin's talking about the very things I mentioned on Hannity earlier and mentioned with David Webb this morning. I said that this wind is going to really howl out of the north on the Outer Banks tomorrow. So what will happen is the beaches tonight from South Carolina to about Wilmington get a south wind. Then the storm, the center of the storm, comes over Wilmington and Cape Fear. As soon as it gets off the wa- over the water, it lines itself back up again, and the north wind comes into the storm. And so the flooding, if, it, if I'm forecasting for the Outer Banks, uh, I'm saying that the flooding could be worse on the sound side from Pamlico Sound then on the ocean side, because you get all this heavy, heavy rain falling into the rivers over there. The rivers are draining into Pamlico Sound. So this could be a real, real nasty situation for the Outer Banks uh, tomorrow morning and tomorrow midday, more so than maybe what it is for Charleston to Myrtle Beach tonight. Interesting. And I, from the footage we've seen on television on the many uh, broadcasts they've done uh, from Florida, the Florida, the flooding seems quite severe. How long do you think it's going to take for all of the flooding to subside and for all that water to uh, go away? <laughs> that that well, has probably, basically uh, consumed bridges and roads and homes and what have you. Well, it's going to take a while to get get that stuff to go back down again. I mean, it just doesn't it just doesn't go away overnight. So it'll stay up uh, stay up quite high. But this is a fast moving storm, so at least it's not like Florence has sat over an area or Harvey, which sat over areas for days and days, a couple of days, and then really caused a lot of problems. So it'll come through, and the improvement will start tomorrow. But it takes a little it takes a little while. Uh, for that water, all that water to drain in, and you know, the bigger the river, the later it floods. The smaller rivers will flood very, very quickly. What was uh, interesting was the storm. The storm was by, and that's when Tampa Bay had, uh, you know, their their rise in uh, sea level. Uh, sea level because that's when the surge got into the bay. The, the storm was up over, uh, you know, Florida, and that's when the surge arrived. The 1938 hurricane in Providence went under 13 feet of water. The storm surge actually arrived two to three hours after the hurricane had gone through, because it's, the water is the water is so dense it takes longer for the water to react to the wind than the, the wind going through the air. I've been hearing a lot of talk, Joe, about uh, the role that climate change may or may not have played in this hurricane. Uh, where do you stand on the theory that climate change could be the cause of this storm, well, or is it just a result of hurricane season? Well, climate change, I think, has a lot to do with a lot of things. It's the reason why the storms are smaller. It's the reason why they're more to the north, and we're not seeing uh, development in the uh, the classic areas, the long-tracked Atlantic hurricane. We had Irma back in 2017. It's slim pickings with those. The, the, sto- the average storm strength in the 50s was was stronger than what you have today. We use this ACE index. It was 10.6. Now the average storm has an ACE index of eight, for instance, because you get so many of these little storms. So it goes 50-50 as far as, okay, we've got these enclosed storms. And by the way, you can see these development. If you're on on WeatherBell, you see me talk all the time about phase two of the Madden-Julian oscillation. These things love to develop. What the heck's the Madden-Julian oscillation? See, the average climate guy won't tell you about that. They're all have a certain similarity that they're developing, but they're small. And that's the problem, because if you really want to judge whether hurricanes are getting worse, you have to measure the kinetic energy, the total power of the hurricane, not what it is at 10 miles 
near the center, which is what's going on. And, of course, they are more than happy to hide that fact from you. That, that You know, it, it's really disgusting watching that because there are elements of truth in what they say, except that they do not reveal all the truth and the countering, the countering ideas that will give you, the listener, the viewer, the big picture. Oh, my gosh. We, You know, if you took a look at Florida in the 1940s, it was like a railroad a railroad station and railroad tracks of major hurricanes across Florida. Maybe we're just returning to that. The one thing that's different, though, is the major hurricanes now are hitting and moving north. The major hurricanes back in the 1940s were coming in from the east, which tell, which, which is interesting because it means the sea level pressure patterns in the northern hemisphere have changed away from where they were in the 40s. And I've done a lot. I've done, Joe, I've done a ton of work on this. I mean, I got two hours. That's why I have the podcast because I, well, I show that stuff. And it, 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 it's it's fascinating. Is man causing this? Absolutely not. Men are not causing. This. In fact, the warming of the ocean shows you it can't be CO two because the back radiative properties of CO two, folks, only penetrate a millimeter or two of the ocean. So where's the warming coming from? It's coming from increased underwater volcanic activity, which you don't know about because they won't tell you. And it's coming from increased sunshine over the tropics because we have less clouds over the tropics. And guess what? That's opposite of their theory. The trapping hotspot theory said, well, it would get more cloudiness over the tropics because of more water vapor. That would trap the heat below. Ain't happening. So it's uh, that's what really bugs right. me. You know, we talk about the Arctic ice, Joe. Uh, that, that's small beans compared to that trapping hotspot that never developed. Joe, uh, we got to go, uh, but thank you for your wealth of knowledge, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the Joe Piscopo Show. Uh, you and I and Al Gattulo will be on uh, 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, and we're looking forward to having you back. All right. Well, enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Thank you, Joe. Joe Bastardi right there. Uh, coming up next, talk about a television icon gone too soon. Stay with us on the Arthur Idell Power Hour. We are proud, proud to serve, to serve our country, to serve our local communities, to wear the uniform, to be a soldier, to serve abroad when and where duty calls. We are ready to stand with our brothers and sisters to defend, to serve, to fight. We are always ready. We are always there. We are the New York Army National Guard. Sponsored by the New York Army National Guard. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. We know summer isn't over yet, and Bay Ridge Honda is turning up the heat by saving you $1,500. You heard that right, $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease and purchase your next car with them. They have been your family-owned and operated dealer for over 60 years, serving the five boroughs. Browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award-winning dealership. Right now, get 0% 
0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your new car with Bay Ridge Honda. Even if you don't buy a car from Bay Ridge Honda, they will buy your car from you. So visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. Sale ends August 30th, 2023. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. Joe Sibilia, guest hosting the Arthur Idala Power Hour. A pleasure to be with you this evening, along with Alex Garrett, my uh, wonderful board op. And if you recognize that music, you should, because that is the theme to the legendary game show, Truth or Consequences, which was hosted for about 20 years by the incomparable... Bob Barker, who we very sadly lost uh, over the weekend at the age of 99, far too young in my opinion, even though he lived a long and uh, relatively healthy life uh, for 99 years. What, uh, What a guy he was. He was an idol of mine growing up and still is to this day uh, in terms of television personalities and television hosting. Uh, he's somebody that I have always aspired to be like because I just thought he was the gold standard, specifically when it came to game shows. Uh, truly, my earliest memories of watching television are watching Bob Barker on The Price is Right uh, with my mother. And I have a bit of a familial connection with the show because uh, my mother was a guest, a contestant on The Price is Right back in 1993 when uh, she and uh, the rest of her family, my father, her parents, uh, her uh, brother and his wife and her other brother all made the trip to Los Angeles. And like so many people uh, who are uh, fans of television, made the pilgrimage to try their luck on The Price is Right. I want to play a clip for you. Uh, this is my mom, uh, Rose, being called down by Rod Roddy and uh, the ensuing banter that uh, Bob Barker had with my mom and uh, the rest of my family, including uh, my late Uncle Edwin. Uh, so uh, uh, take it away, Rod. Let me see. I believe it's I believe it's Rose, Rose Sibilia. Come on down. There are one, two, three, four, five, six of you there in those shirts. Are you all from the same family? Yes. And and then, then there's poor Edwin. Stand up, Edwin. He's with them, too, but they couldn't get a shirt big enough for him. So the seven are here, and Rose is on the show, and here's the next item up for bid. Right in there, you can see the magic of Bob Barker. He knew how to make the contestant uh, the star of the segment. Uh, he many times made the contestant the butt of the jokes, so sometimes deservedly so when you'd have one who was particularly clueless about the price of a box of rice aroni, but was also so skillful at uh, making jokes about himself. You know, when, his, when he let his hair go gray, uh, he was more than willing to joke about that, uh, but was uh, just the, the consummate MC, as so many people have said. Probably 
somebody in show business with one of the most charmed careers in show business. A lot of people really struggle and have to grind it out uh, in order to make it to the top. But relatively, things came pretty easily to Robert William Barker. He was born in 1923, had, had sort of a difficult early life. He lost his father at a young age, grew up for part of his child on an Indian reservation. He's uh, part Native American. Uh, I said India. Forgive me. I, sh- I should have said Native American. I, I, I mean that sincerely. Uh, but uh, he grew up on a Native American reservation and uh, was very into sports, met his wife uh, back when he was a teenager. Their first date of all things, this is the most 1940s date you could think of. They went to an Ella Fitzgerald concert together. I love that. And uh, that was uh, Dorothy Joe, who he was married to until she passed away in the, the early 1980s, uh, a very untimely passing uh, of lung cancer. Uh, but Bob Barker attributed a lot of his success to her. She was the one who had encouraged him uh, to pursue his career in broadcasting. He had done it sort of as a lark and uh, at one point uh, was given the opportunity to host what was then called an audience participation show. This was before they called them game shows. You had personalities like Art Linkletter, who had a show called House Party, and uh, there was a show that uh, Bob Barker uh, really admired called Breakfast in Hollywood, which was hosted by a guy by the name of Tom Brenneman. And uh, these were shows where the hosts would interact with the contestants, maybe play games. And uh, it's amazing. People probably forget there were game shows on the radio, and Bob Barker hosted a very early version of that on the radio in Los Angeles. And that was where the incomparable Ralph Edwards discovered him. He was driving in his car and heard Bob Barker hosting his own show in Los Angeles. Again, it was an audience participation type of a deal, like the shows he would go on to host. And Ralph Edwards got in touch with Bob Barker in the radio station, and he said, I want to meet with you. And as it turned out, Ralph Edwards was looking for a new host for that stalwart of game shows, Truth or Consequences. Uh, uh, Ralph Edwards had hosted it. Jack Bailey had hosted it for a while. And he was in search of a new host. And uh, he said, let's have lunch, Mr. Barker. And they got together and Ralph Edwards took one look at him and he said, I just want to make sure you looked as good as you sound. And since you do, congratulations, you're the new host of Truth or Consequences. And Bob Barker did that with much success, both on NBC and in syndication. And then... Later, uh, 1972, Mark Goodson was going to bring back a golden oldie of game shows, The Price is Right, which had been hosted by Bill Cullen. And the show was uh, very much glamorized and expanded uh, with uh, Bob Barker. And uh, people forget it was called The New Price is Right. And people probably think that was the only Price is Right. Uh, But Bob Barker truly knew how to make that his own show. And he ran with that for 35 years. And then after 50 years in show business, Bob Barker finally retired in 2007 and really went out on top. Even at the ripe old age he was when he left, let's see, that was in 2007. He was born in 1923. So you do the math. I I, I don't have the, the I, I rely on Alex to do all the math on the timing for me, but I think he was in his early 80s at the time when he stepped away and that uh, passed the reins to Drew Carey. And Drew Carey does a good job on the show, but I don't think anybody was quite as classy or sharp as a Bob Barker was on The Price is Right. So much so that I remember when Drew Carey took over for Bob Barker, uh, I remember for the ensuing 
15 years that it's been, I have heard nothing but my grandparents complain about Drew Carey. And of all things, they complain about his manner of dress. He wears brown shoes with a dark suit. Bob Barker was classy. And that's the word for Bob Barker. He was a classy guy, smooth, in a way that you don't see broadcasters anymore. And the last... The last of his breed, because as I'm sure you know, a lot of the game show hosts now are really just actors, comedians, people like Steve Harvey, Alec Baldwin has hosted Match Game. Uh, But you don't see people like Bob Barker, Pat Sajak, Alex Trebek, uh, people who came up in broadcasting hosting these shows. It was the same thing with Johnny Carson on Who Do You Trust? He came out of broadcasting in Nebraska and uh, locally in Hollywood, and then he uh, ended up uh, with the opportunity to do Who Do You Trust out of New York, which led to The Tonight Show. And you just don't see people with that career. So basically my hope is Ryan Seacrest is listening tonight in the way that Ralph Edwards listened that fateful day when he was driving around Los Angeles, because should Ryan Seacrest be listening to the Arthur Idala Power Hour right now, perhaps he will let me become the host of American Idol when he gets tired of it. Uh, But rest in peace, Bob Barker, somebody who really did inspire me to enter the field of broadcasting. And uh, I hope one day I'll get the opportunity that he did to host uh, some big legendary show like The Price is Right. But I'm lucky enough to be hosting a legendary show like the Arthur Idala Power Hour tonight. I want to thank Arthur Idala, Joan Pelzer, Matt Sambone, Alex Garrett, especially my boss, Jerry Crowley, who is always so kind uh, to uh, give me his blessings on so many different things. Jerry, you're one of a kind. Alex, you did a great job tonight. And before I go, I want to share one profound uh, statement with you. Help control the pet population. Have your pet spayed or neutered. Good night and goodbye. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Arthur Idala Power Hour on AM 970 The Answer. Stay tuned for Radio Night Live Wellness Wednesday with Kevin McCullough. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com